Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. All right, Next Level Podcast listeners, uh, I am back today, and today my guest is uh, my new friend Howard, founder of Y Lopo, co-founder of Y Lopo. What's the correct title that you have there at Y Lopo, Howard? Uh, I guess co-founder and CEO. Co-founder and CEO. There we go. I didn't want to mess that up. So, Howard, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh, to chat with us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was. I found it funny. You and I were sort of introduced by a couple of different friends uh, over the last couple months, and it was like, gosh, this guy Howard's popping back up. Like, I, I got to get to know him a little bit, right? Uh, because you know some people that I really like and respect and uh, have a good relationship with and uh, your name just kept coming up and so we got the opportunity to talk on the phone a few times and um, just explore you know why Lopo and some of the stuff that you're doing and I thought wow that, that's pretty cool especially with your background uh, in the real estate tech space so I thought it'd be cool if we chatted about that uh, today and, uh, and just have a fun conversation. Sure. Awesome so Tell you what, let's start with this because I know I want to I want to get into Y Lopo and some of the cool stuff that you guys are doing with the tech. Um, but let's go backwards, like ten years, if we could, because the first time I think you made your you came on the scene in sort of the real estate real estate tech space was with a company called Tiger Leads. Um, tell me about Tiger Leads. Like, what was that, and uh, how did you how did you start that, and kind of what was your journey with that company? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I guess I'm a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So literally since two years out of college, um, I sort of discovered, luckily I discovered really early on that I just wanted to, I wanted to own my own, not necessarily large business, but even a small business. I really just wanted to own my own business. So, um, two years out of college, I started my first company and believe it or not, it had nothing to do with real estate tech and it was a test prep company. So, um, it was like me and my partner and I had gone to Yale and he had gone to Harvard and we came up with this idea called Ivy West, two guys from the Ivy league on the West coast, two years out of college. And we wrote a program to raise kids scores on the SATs. And we just started, like, we couldn't afford an office. So we ran it out of our living room. We couldn't afford uh, any staff. So it was just the two of us. So we would like try to like bang on doors all day in schools, try to drum up business guerrilla style. And then we would go tutor kids ourselves. I remember like I had a motorcycle and I like white line down the 405 in LA and I'm amazed I didn't get killed. Right. Tutor kids and home to home to home. And then at night after we were like, after this whole really long day, we would then write all of our learnings and our thoughts into this program. And we wrote this like curriculum and fast forward, we became the largest tutoring company and test prep company in west of the Mississippi. And um, eventually, we got absorbed into Sylvan Learning Systems, which is major international learning conglomerate. Um, so that was like my first, you know, foray. I always thought I'd start my first business, and if anything, it would just probably become a really cool business school essay. But here I am, and I and I my business school has been the business school of hard knocks. I've never actually gone to business school. Uh, that's interesting. I got to ask before we go on. Like this, I was not expecting for this conversation to go here at all. But have you ever heard Adam Robinson tell the story about how we started the Princeton Review? Uh, I haven't. I mean, I know the name. I know Adam Robinson, and I know um, his uh, the partner in in LA. Um, so yeah. Yeah. really, really cool story. Like, and you started talking about that. I'm like. Wow, that, I mean, it's really they fascinating. They were my major competitors in LA. Were they really? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, Prince, Review and, Prince Review and Kaplan. So we went head-to-head with those guys. Oh, man, that's, that's fascinating. Well, okay, so you, so you sell that. Uh, so, so you sell that yeah, company. So, what happens? So, yes, and I worked for Sylvan for, for a bit. And um, that's where I learned about digital marketing, which was super, super early days of digital marketing. Like, literally, no one was doing it. You know, big, big company like Sylvan was doing it to drive – foot traffic into their learning centers. And I just learned a lot about it. I got really intrigued about it. And um, one of my sort of top engineers at that company, Ivy West, came back to me at the very end of 2006. And he had gone to work with his brother, who was a broker 
uh, in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And he had built this whole system while he was hanging out with his brother. And one day he called me up and said, I built this really cool system for real estate tech. and I don't really know what to do with it. So he showed it to me. I did a bunch of due diligence and called lots of really smart people in the industry like you. And because I wasn't in the industry yet, right? And I did due diligence, really, really important, right? So you always got to do a lot of research. Did my research and realized that what this kid had developed was something that was new. It was different. It was transformative. And it was in need. So I came back to him and said, okay, here's my advice. My advice is you go into business with me. <laughs> I will marshal the troops. I'll get the staff together um, and we'll help fund it. And we were off to the races. And that was the start of a company called Tiger Lead Solutions. Funny, everyone calls it Tiger Leads, but it was formerly called Tiger Lead Solutions. And we, again, we really bootstrapped it. I'm really proud to say that, you know, no VC funding, no private equity, no debt, like we get, and we started it like in our living rooms and eventually had a small office and I got a bigger office, just grew organically. And it was the, really the very, very forefront of digital marketing in the real estate space. And what we were doing was creating sort of, you know, hyper-local home search websites fed by, you know, the, the IDX data from the local MLSs. We were doing all of the Google pay-per-click marketing, um, creating home search websites. It sounds all sort of like, yeah, been there, done that now in 2019, but believe it or not, in 2007, no one knew what the heck we were talking about. When you know, that's right. I, re I remember when you guys, you guys came on the scene, and um, I won't even say what CRM we were using. I was focused on short sales, but I remember talking to a few of my friends that used your product early in the early days, and I remember like it was a big deal then 10 years ago. Like we take, you know, we take it for granted today in 2019, but 2007, 2008, 2009 in those early days, it was absolutely a game changer then. And I remember it seemed like everybody in real estate just wanted to find out how could they get on that platform. It was like your platform and one others. And everybody wanted to be on the platform and learn, you know, be able to have that secret sauce of what you guys were doing there. Yeah, eventually it became that. At first, it was a challenge. I always said that we had two major mountains to climb when I was talking to uh, real estate agents for the first time. Uh, the first mountain was I literally, in, and I was like the sales team. <laughs> like that was, I was the CEO and the sales team because I couldn't afford a salesperson. Um, but we learned by doing ourselves, right? So eventually I could train salespeople because I did it myself. I sold the first 250 licenses myself. But I would literally, to go over the first mountain, I would have to teach a real estate agent what was Google pay-per-click marketing. Sounds insane, but I had to explain it. What's the difference between natural search, right? Organic search marketing versus pay-per-click. What were we doing? And I literally had to take them through the entire funnel and teach them the benefits of direct response, measurable digital marketing versus, you know, billboards and newspaper ads and bench ads and all that kind of stuff. Now I go over that hurdle. Then I'm like, okay, now here's the reason why you should actually hire us and spend money with us. And here's your ROI model and all that. What's interesting is that, um, you know, we were, we were producing what I would say is longer term nurture leads. We were, we were connecting consumers who were searching for homes with agents. But if you, even going way back then, if you tried to sell them right away, you know, it was like click, right? So we had to teach all of our clients. We realized that we couldn't just be a tech company and a digital marketing agency and say, oh, figure it out. What we had to do was learn from our best clients who really taught us. And they would develop these amazing systems, scripts, dialogues, team structures. Like I learned so much from my clients and then I would go teach it. We would go teach it, right? And um, created a really amazing culture of learning and sharing best practices and all that. Um, and so we would dig in and, and it, it was, it was, really being an educational company, not just a, a tech provider. But I, th I think that we were involved in, in teaching best practices and, and people really developed a great skill at, at nurturing and communicating with a client for however as long as it was going to take until they bought and or sold. What's really interesting is that, um, and, we, and we struggled, look, we struggled for a long time and we started in the beginning of 2007 I think maybe I had 40, 50 clients in like summer of 2008. We went to Howard Britton's Star Power Conference 
And it was just that inflection point. I think most companies hit an inflection point, right? And it was just the right time where people were having this mad success, but they had to go to this one conference and tell everyone else. And, and it was just one of the best events of my professional life where I didn't almost didn't even go, Kevin. I literally was like talking to my partners, like, can we spend $3,000 to like get ourselves to Orlando and have a booth? And can we even do this? And I'm like, okay, we're going to go for it. We went for it. Right. And literally like really famous agents were like, literally they were just, they were just bum rushing us at the table, trying to you know get their purchase orders in. And we went from, I don't know, 45 clients, to like 90 clients in like three days, which was amazing. And then we never looked back and then we refused to oversell markets. So we had wait lists and, it became a whole mess. And, and eventually we just spawned, I think, a big industry of, of, of clones of what we were doing because we refused to oversell markets. And so, so when we were saying no to people, like we had to put you on a wait list, well, they then would go to another you know, company. But I think the, the point I wanted to make was we and, and other companies in this, I call it all-in-one systems, right? So we did your marketing. We, we had the hyper-focused CRM. We did the website. We, it was an all-in-one system. And we and all the other all-in-ones, we really had to roll up our sleeves and get with our clients and develop these best practices for long-term nurture and how to convert over time. And we're constantly getting calls from clients like, oh my God, I just converted a Tiger lead that was in my database that you guys were nurturing for two years, right? What's interesting is I believe that the portals, which came on much later and started selling leads, Realtor.com, Zillow, Trulia, I think they single-handedly taught people bad habits, <laughs> right? Because it all became, forget everything you learned about long-term nurture. It was what I call hand raiser leads. And the trick was they were basically having people fill out forms on homes. Like, do you want to find out about this home? You want to go see this home? The consumer for the most part thought they were talking to the listing agent, which they weren't. They were being connected to buyer's agents in the first iteration of the portal stuff. And they trained everyone to just be speed to lead, speed to lead, sell, 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 go show homes. And if you, you didn't connect with the consumer to go show home, go hit the next one. So now come full cycle, 12 years later, a decade later, and now that the portals are moving to the commission split model, which is where they're going, right? They're taking over the nurture and, and they're going to, you know, to the commission split model. Um, I think that we're seeing that a lot of folks can't, don't want to and can't really work with that model, and they now need to relearn how to fish upstream. So that's like my biggest lesson, which is if you wait till that person's a hand raiser, you're done. Like you're dead. Like Zillow's got them, Realtor.com, OpCity Consortium's got them, <clears throat> Open Door, all the iBuyers. Like you know, there's companies you can't compete with who are spending hundreds of millions of dollars in marketing. But where you, so I think that like, this is my newfound mission at Ylopo. The symbolism of Ylopo is the last five letters of the word monopoly spelled backwards. So turning the ultimate game of real estate on its head. So I, I like the old expression, a mentor of mine once you know, taught me like when everyone's zigging, you got to zag, right? So Warren Buffett, all that. So everyone's going all in ones. We're going one to all. So we are not building a CRM. We're building everything but a CRM. So no matter what CRM my client or team is on, we will integrate with them, right? So we're embracing, every, we're, we're, we're plugging and playing with whatever CRM you're on. That's counterculture. Everybody's going pay-per-click, 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 right? Zillow, Realtor.com, we're going forefront social media. And social media, lead gen social media has been really, really hard for most people. Well, we went super deep with Facebook. Facebook's done three case studies on us and they just authorized a fourth case study on Ylopo. We went hardcore engineering with Facebook, deep, deep, deep under the hood stuff and came out that way, right? So again, every time someone, the whole herd goes this way, we're trying to go this way. We're really trying to be really, really the pioneers in AI technology. Um, so what, what I think our new mission is, is to help, small real estate teams, medium-sized real estate teams, and we work with the largest real estate teams in the country, small, medium, and large, help them better compete with these giant publicly traded direct-to-consumer companies. Give them technology, digital marketing technology, and tool sets that even the big guys don't have. Let them fish upstream, 
start a client relationship, take it out of the water before it ever hits all these big guys, put it into the fishbowl of my clients, and then have all of our dynamic remarketing, all of our automated assistant AI technology, just keep them in my client's fishbowl uh, and keep them out of the big boys' laps. So it's a really cool and fun mission to have. I, we like being the good guys, right? And it's not about our brand. Wailopo's brand is not a consumer-facing brand. You know, Zillow's and, and Opsity and Realtor, like they're all about their brand. Open door, it's their brand. And I believe that it's, we're in a partnership with our clients to put their brand first. Kevin, I want to put your brand first. You're always on digital billboard, your brand, your team, your open houses, your listings, everything about you and your team, your blogs, your community messages, all that. We're just in the background. We're just your partner giving you tech and helping you get your message out. So anyway, I know I'm sorry. I've been long winded, but no, that's good, man. I love to hear that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious though, that you said something about like, so a mentor to taught you this and you know, so, and this is something that stuck out to me on, on the phone call you and I had a few weeks ago where you talked about, Hey, instead of being all in one, you know, we're going to work on being one to all. Now, was that strategically like what I'm, what I want to know is like the business decision that went on in the background. Was that just about zigging when everyone else is zagging or was it, or was that more of like, Hey, I feel like we have most, the most value to offer to our, uh, to the marketplace by, by zagging. Great question. Um, I'll use the big analogy of Google. When Google started, you know, they didn't even, they had no business plan for pay-per-click. They built the world's largest like multi-billion dollar company on pay-per-click, right? They sort of stumbled into it, right? They, they went out there and they tried this or that. And, you know, and you guys didn't even know the whole story, right? I'd like to say that we, I had this clear vision. This is exactly what we're going to do. But we kind of stumbled our way there. And we, we went this way. We went that way. And it really just became apparent over time along the journey what the right strategy would be. We definitely knew that while everyone was completely focused on portal leads and pay-per-click, we were going to zag and really try to be the, the leaders and differentiate ourselves. Because how do you differentiate? It was easy to differentiate ourselves with Tiger Lead because there was, there was like what, like six tech companies, right? That. I don't even know if there was six then. Yeah, I don't know if there was six, right? Um, you know, remember like number one expert, right? You know, there's, yes. you know, top producer was still there. There's a bunch of guys, right? But now there's like 12,000. I mean, you know, there's, there's 100 new companies every single, everyone's got a new app. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's bewildering for most agents, right? And so how do you differentiate yourself? So, so we purposely differentiated ourselves on the social media lead gen. We purposely differentiated ourselves with, remarketing, dynamic remarketing, and basically saying, look, when we started Tiger, no one had databases of leads. We helped you build your database of leads. Well, now everybody's got a database of leads or relationships, or you even have like free ways where you can do like sphere imports and build your own database of leads, right? So since you've been spending money on lead gen for all these years, we, we noticed that most of these databases were going dormant. So through the, our really sophisticated dynamic remarketing, we're able to resurrect and resuscitate all this, these, these relationships you had already spent money on that was just sitting there wasting away. So we were very clear about that. And I think, I think we were looking around the corner on that. And we really made our name for ourselves, especially with the larger teams who have big databases. I mean, we make them, it's so cost effective. We make them so much money and they love it. Like, oh my God, I get to like make money again on my database that I've already spent money on, right? I think in terms of being a one to all versus an all in one, I'll be really honest, like, you know, I always thought like, God, we're going to have to build our own CRM. We have to build the world's best CRM. And then I'm in the CRM wars. And you know what? Boomtown's built a great CRM. And Sync has built a great CRM. And Real Geeks and like all these guys and the Zerpo and Conversion and Chime. And like the list goes on and on and on, right? And then there's agnostic CRMs, which you never had before. You've got Follow-Up Boss and you've got Lion Desk. You know, there's Firepoints, another on one. There's so many CRMs. And we're like, wait a second. Do we want to be in the CRM wars when there are so many CRMs out there? Why don't we just singularly focus on everything that has to do with lead generation, brand building, digital billboard, remarketing, AI lead nurture, everything to do with the digital marketing side? 
and we will plug and play with whatever platform you and your team love. The cool thing is it gives our clients ultimate independence. If you're on, let's say, you know, Firepoint or Follow Plus, whatever you're on, right? And you love your CRM, you don't have to change it to work with us, right? We're going to plug and play. But let's say at some point you're like, yeah, you know, Wailopo didn't work for me. I don't love it, right? You get to stay on your CRM. You don't, you don't miss a beat. Or the opposite. Let's say you're, you're on a certain CRM and all of a sudden you find there's another CRM that you want to move to because it has some functionality that you now need, you know, calling or texting functionality. Or maybe it's less expensive, right? And, and it's, bit, it's better for bigger teams, right? So you can move CRMs and then, but you love Wailopo, you won't have to change out Wailopo because we'll plug and play with the next CRM. So I think as opposed to, to like the all-in-ones kind of holding you prisoner, I think we ultimately now are giving you guys independence to say like, you got to talk to each other and put together a really cool coherent system, but not be prisoner of any one system. I think that's so key that a lot of folks in our industry, um, probably don't realize I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine who who's in the real estate business and, and he's, he's early in his career first couple of years. And I've, I've been mentoring him a bit and he was talking to me about this, like all this great all in one system. And I, you know, I said, you know, that's, that's great. I, I totally get that. But the problem is, is like, everything's all in one. That's actually like, I know you see that as like a functional like advantage. I see that as a business disadvantage. The first time that was presented to me, and I will never forget this moment, it was April of 2017 in Austin in a little, in a private meeting where I was told like, hey, everything's going to be here, here, and here, and it's all going to be housed in this, and this is our vision for it. And I went, whoa, 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 hold, hold on a second. Like I was the only guy in the room that said, this doesn't resonate with me. I feel like I could potentially be held hostage to your system, and I can't, I don't, where's the export button for my information and my clients? Um, and I don't think that I like that. And so I love that you have one of the things that really resonated for me, Howard, when we have spoken on the phone the last few times is the fact that you're going, Hey, I don't care if you're with this, this particular CRM and then you move to this one. Like I'm, I can be nimble and move with you. And, and I'm telling you as a guy who's built his business on two main pillars, real estate, uh, referrals from other agents and from clients and, and sphere of influence, as well as internet leads, that's important to me because it actually doesn't matter in a lot of ways what CRM I use. It matters, do I do the things and knowing that you can be nimble with me and move from system to system really is, is important to me. And I don't move systems a lot. We did just move over to Commissions Inc. recently after five years with, an, with another CRM. Um, but again, it was five years and knowing that I could still plug and play with Wailopo was a, was a big deal. And I wasn't planning to come on and say, Hey, I'm, I'm a client here. I'm just wanting to learn from you, but I got to tell you from a business owner's perspective who sees his database and his, and even the people in the database who aren't clients yet, I see that as not, I see that that is my business. And the fact that you were going, Hey, I, like that's our mission too. That speaks loudly to me and it should to, to plenty of others in this business as well. Yeah. I mean, I understand that it resonates. Look, technology is super confusing, right? And a, a lot of real estate agents are a bit tech phobic and it's bewildering and overwhelming. I can't tell you how many times I speak to great clients and they're like, I'm not a techie. Like I just want it to work. Right. You know, and I want it to do everything. Just have it do everything. Right. I don't want all these different systems. So I understand there's that knee jerk reaction to want a system to do everything, but you've got like, you might, you've got to start thinking like a real business, not like an agent. I run a real business. I run a big multi-million dollar business, right? I have, um, you know, Google suite that we use. I've got Slack that we use for certain reasons. I've got NetSuite by Oracle that we use for certain reasons. I've got Zendesk that we use for certain reasons. I've got like, and the list goes on and on, right? And to think that NetSuite's going to do everything is insane to think that Gmail is going to do everything is insane. Slack does what it does really, really well. Zendesk does what it does really, really well. NetSuite does what it does really, really well. So I'm just saying like you, at this point where we're headed, you know, you want Wailopa to just be really, really good at what it does. Right. 
you don't want us to have to worry about everything digital marketing, everything lead nurture, everything AI, and everything CRM. Because then we're just going to be maybe below average at everything. But you're stuck. And maybe we're a little better at one thing than the other, but you're stuck with the rest of it. And my point is, is why not have the best CRM for you and then have the best lead gen for you and then have the best, you know, whatever, right? And, and put the best systems together. And nowadays, as opposed to a decade ago, it's all about integration. So we actually, when we have got an amazing engineering team here, I mean, just incredible, the smartest people I've ever worked with. And so we, have to, we have a daily choice of where do we marshal the resources? And we're focusing on integration technologies, knowing that my clients do use different things. So how do we integrate with the other things that they're using in a really seamless two-way data-in, data-out way? Yeah, I think that's really important. I think a big lesson for, uh, for a lot of agents to learn is we do, we want it to be all neat and pretty and work in this great system. And the reality is, is all businesses, whether they're small or really big like yours or, or even bigger like Google, um, like it's not, there is no such thing as an all-in-one if you're going to run a really big business. Um, and as much as I would love to have the perfect systems, I know that we're always going to be having to get better on systems and, you know, I got to use this system for that and this system for that. But it's that integration thing that I think that helps bridge that gap between the two. Cause I do want the best lead gen and I want the best transaction management. I want the best CRM. I can have all those. And with integration tools, I can make that happen and make it run as seamless as possible without it actually being housed under just one roof. And I think that's, that's massively valuable to me. Yeah, and everyone's got different needs, right? Like, so, you know, for us to work with like a super small team or even a solo agent, they must aspire to, to grow their team. Otherwise, they shouldn't work with my company. My company's not, you know, they shouldn't spend that money with me, right? If they aspire to go from one to three to five to seven to nine, they should work with us. But if they really like don't want to manage other people and they, they have their own little bit, like, then, you know, then, then KW command is going to be great for them or whatever Remax is going to give them is going to be great for them. What's interesting about my clients is because all of the big brokerages are all in a mad dash to say that they've got everything, right? To have these all-in-one systems. We're going to do everything, right? But what's interesting is because we work with some of the largest teams in the country as well, and they actually don't want what everyone else has. They're, they're looking, they don't want what every single person in their entire franchise system has. They actually are looking for solutions that make them unique. And so that's also pretty interesting, right? It's not a one size, it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. No, no matter what's said from stage, uh, they don't actually want that and, and they don't actually operate that. It's like, uh, I had a buddy of mine, he, you mentioned direct response. He's a great direct response marketer. Uh, on the podcast a few weeks ago and he was talking about really paying it. He pays attention to like what his teachers are doing, not just what they're teaching. Um, and you know, the reality is if you look at the really big, the really big teams and the teams that want to keep growing to become really big uh, businesses. Yeah. They don't, they don't necessarily want the same thing that everybody else has. They, they want a unique advantage, uh, a competitive advantage that not everybody else has. There's, there's no such thing as one size fits one size fits all is good for only one. And that's the entity that controls it. That's the only thing that one size fits all is good for. Yeah. And you've got to control your own data, you know, make sure that whatever tech you're using, whatever agreements you're on, that, that, that the consumer data is yours. Yeah. You know, you've got to protect, because if you leave brokerages and go from one brokerage to another or one system to another, that's your data. That's that you spent your hard money on that data. Um, that's really, really important. And that's why also a lot of the large teams are very afraid to bring all their data into these larger corporate systems. I agree. So, so let me ask you this. So as the guy that was there on the forefront of digital marketing in the real estate space, when it became a thing, if you will, and now, now here we are middle of 2019, like what's changed in that? Like from the way, whether it's the way consumers behaved or the way you have to interact with digital marketing in general, What's, what are the major differences today between now and what you had 10 years ago that you see? Uh, and obviously, I'm not asking for like secrets uh, that, that keep Y Lopos, you know, different than everybody else. But like, what are some of these key things that you've seen that are different in 
the way consumers behave today that we've got to adjust to in our marketing? I think that there, there are things, there, there are certain things that are the same, which is kind of cool. We can talk about those. Certain things are the same in terms of consumer behavior. Um, and there are many things that are, that are different. When I think about consumers and what they want and what they need, a lot of things are sort of the same, which is, you know, consumers don't really, you know, putting all of our big egos aside, that they really just want to see homes. And, and, and we, we forget sometimes to put our own consumer hats on, okay? When it's time to trade up or it's time to trade down or it's time to buy your first home or it's time to look for a retirement community or it's time to finally move to Florida, whatever it is, what do you really want to do? You want a great place to search for homes and you want it to be very on point and very relevant. That part has not changed, Okay. What has changed is how we get in front of those consumers and how we stay in front of those consumers. So whereas before, for example, we sent them classic MLS alert emails, right? So we knew person was living in Michigan. We knew they were searching for homes in Orlando. We knew that. And every single time there's a new home on the market in Orlando, we sent them an email with listings, right? Everyone's been doing that for a decade, okay? But what's changed, right? So what's changed is, is that over a decade ago, the average consumer was not checking Facebook 12.2 times a day. <laughs> they are, right? And it's arguably more effective to send those listing alerts, in a sense, through social media, Facebook, Instagram, than it is through email, which we have such email clutter now. Like, what are the open rates on emails, right? Um, you know, so... so I think it's a really like long, long list of stuff. Um, I think that AI is, is changing everything. And it's, look, it's, it's scary, right? As a consumer, it's scary. But, hey, I own a company and we're going to leverage the heck out of AI for the benefit of my real estate clients. Because one thing that hasn't changed is the behavior of real estate agents, right? They're super busy. They're overstressed. They're out of time, right? Their most precious commodity is still time, not money. And they're running around and they don't have time to properly pay attention to the leads that are streaming in all day or the leads that come back and search every day. We have to make lives easier um, for our clients. So what happens if we're generating a whole bunch of leads, right? Give them time to, to marinate, to nurture, right? And then Three months later or six months later, all of a sudden, it's really time for this couple who's growing a family to trade up, okay? Well, my client doesn't really know that. We tap my client on the shoulder now. Like, we used to have to, like, train our clients. You need to watch, watch, watch. You need to look for this behavior. Now, my clients don't even have to do that. Now, my clients will actually get a text from us saying, you know, the Smiths just looked at 124 Main Street for the fourth time. Here's exactly the home they looked at. Here's exactly what you should say to them. And even beyond that, now where we're going and what our newest release will be, whereas my agent still doesn't even have to reach out to them. We will reach out to them. We're launching something called Raya. And she's Y-Lepo's automated, uh, you know, ISA. She's a Y-Lepo's automated digital ISA. Raya stands for real estate AI. And Raya will actually reach out to the Smiths and say, um, hello, Mr. Smith, this is Raya. I'm Kevin's assistant. Uh, notice you keep looking at 124 Main Street. You know, would you like to go see it? Or whatever it is. You know, any number of really elevated search behaviors that we're watching all the time, right? So there's all this dynamic data that's changing all the time. The consumer's home search behavior is constantly changing every day. The listing data is changing every day. We can take these data inputs, put it through AI, and now send a pinpoint message. So for example, you know, the Smiths are looking to move to the city center. They're looking at townhomes between 600,000 and 800,000, right? Well, the second a new home comes on the market that's 700,000, or the second that that 800,000 home has a price reduction to 750, we can literally, Raya can reach out to the Smiths. My agents do nothing. Raya can reach out to the Smiths and say, hey, John and Mary, uh, we just had a great price reduction, exactly where you're looking, check this out. Um, and it was like, and the switch was like, oh my God, Kevin's assistant is so on it. 
how do we know this? Like, it's crazy, right? And we're getting, Kevin, we're literally, this is like, this is the future, man. They're getting 30 to 40% response rates on these texts. And then not only that, there's a conversation going on. It, again, it's a little creepy, right? There's a conversation going on um, between Raya and the consumers. We're praying that at some point my client picks up the conversation, turns Raya off, you know, and, yeah. and they're out, you know, looking at home. So, so I think that, I think that my answer is, it's a great question. No one's really answered, asked me that question, but I think, I think it's a mix of things that are the same and things that are different. I think that the, 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 the age old problems that an agent has in terms of, you know, they're out of time, right? Um, I think that the what the consumer really wants, I mean, all these things are the same, but I think tech is on an exponential curve yeah. of development and that you can embrace it. You can run away from it and become a dinosaur in the industry or how do you embrace it? And I, and I think that you have to embrace it, um, you know, through companies like ours, not just us, but lots of other great companies out there um, who can just aut automate it and make it super easy uh, for you. So you can leverage it, compete with the big companies, right? Without having to go spend a hundred million dollars. I appreciate that. Uh, it's a great answer. Um, in, you know, um, I got another question for you that I, that I would like to go kind of similar. It's clear to me that you are spending a lot of time around some really great real estate business people, some real estate teams, uh, and you, you clearly learn from them, um, at kind of like what's happening on the ground floor. So tell me this, like what, what have you seen that is happening? And it doesn't necessarily have to be about like digital marketing or, or the way your clients are interacting with, with Vilopo, or it could be. But what are you seeing some of the great uh, teams, like maybe one, two or three bullet points that you see great real estate businesses are doing today that you wish more realtors or more real estate teams were, were implementing as well? Well, first is um, never put all your eggs in one basket. Really important. You need to look at your own business. I don't care what size of business you have. You need to look at your own business and do an inventory list of your dependencies. If you are completely dependent on Zillow or completely dependent on realtor.com or completely dependent on whatever, you have a problem at some point because their business models have changed. They're always changing. They're constantly changing, okay? So that's the one thing I've seen the the, we are seeing some really big successful teams whose businesses are going to dust because they never built a redundancy system if there's a failure. Classic NASA stuff, triple layer redundancy system. If this system fails, you go to this system. If in the craziest situation, you have a double failure, you go to this system. I'm saying at least build one redundancy system, right? <laughs> and those uh, team leaders who have done that and diversified their dependencies, whether it's lead sources or whatever else it is, um, are not only surviving, but thriving. Um, we did an interview with uh, Robert Slack the other day, and he, he might become the largest team in the entire country this year. And he had this enormous database. I mean, he spends six figures a month on portal leads. And um, he basically used to be Zillow. Now he's Realtor.com, spends huge amounts of money with Realtor.com. Realtor.com has been great to him. Zillow was great for him. Realtor.com is great for him. But he knows that at some point things could change. They may not, but they could. So he's diversifying, diversifying with us. He also had this giant database that was dormant. And we got our hands on all of it. And he was doing... I don't know, he was doing maybe sort of 175 transactions a month last year. He's doing like 350 a month this year. So he's thriving, you know, he's totally crushing it. So I think that's really, really important. I think um, number two, you have to um, not run away from but embrace the whole iBuyer thing, okay? You've got to use it to your advantage and figure that out, okay? Now, I do believe that when there is a correction, even if it's a minor correction or, you know, we're, look, we're in a 10-year bull market. 
If you think it's going to be a 20 year bull market, you haven't lived long enough. Okay. Yep. But corrections are coming and that's good because corrections do just that. They correct. Corrections correct irrational markets. They serve a purpose, right? Lightning and forest fires serve a purpose, right? Yep. So what you're going to see is there'll be a few people left standing. I don't know who it is, Zillow, Open Door, whoever it is, right? It's going to flush out a huge number of these sort of various variations of iBuyers. But in the meantime, become an expert. Become an iBuyer expert. Like really know the difference between Easy Knock and Perch and Open Door. And like, you know, there's 30 of these things, right? And they all all have different variations, right? Some of them will buy the home you're in, let you rent it back. Some of them buy your new home. Some like they all do different stuff, right? So I think you can use that to your advantage. I think you can create custom campaigns and get out to your consumers. Like, don't just put all your eggs in one basket. Don't just talk to just Zillow or just Open Door. Talk to me. I'm the expert. I'll tell you about all the options. I'll give you all the options. I am your consultant. I'm your expert. So I think that's a changing, you know, landscape as well that I think the successful teams, you know, will embrace. Um, and I think that people are going back to, like I said, um, old school nurture and being a little bit more patient and again, fishing upstream and getting this, I, I like to use the word consumer relationship versus lead. I hate the word lead because it really dehumanizes a person going back and understanding this is a relationship who has a real story and, and going back to getting like developing a relationship, asking questions, getting consumers to talk you know, identifying with them, helping them, right? That's going to win out because the big companies only think about pushing big numbers and they can't compete with you on that personal touch. So I think that we're seeing those teams successfully do that as well. So I can go on and on. I know we've got a short time, but- Yeah, I was, yeah, I, yeah. I was going to say, I, I could take this conversation like another two or three hours, yeah. but I know I promised you 10 more minutes max. And maybe, you'll, maybe you'll invite me back. I'll, I'd be honored. That would be fun uh, to, do a, to do a part two of this. Um, all right, so I'll do this. Last question for you, because I, I definitely want to be respectful of your time, Howard. Um, it's clear to me that you've got a lot of mentors in your life as well, and you've, you're a smart guy. You pay attention to not just what's going on in sort of in your bubble, but what's going on in the world, if you will, around you. Um, what are uh, maybe two or three of the places you look to for knowledge, whether that be a person like a mentor or a book, or maybe there's a single book that, you, that you've gone back to or some sort of data source that you've looked to uh, over the years to help kind of push yourself further in your own personal journey of learning and developing as a business person and just a person in general. So um, I would say in general, I really like biographies, right? So I'm, I'm deep into the Elon, the new Elon Musk, um, you know, biography. I think that we learn a lot from the most successful people. Um, more from the mistakes that they've made, right? Or the zigs and zags. Then yeah. I've learned more from my mistakes and my failures. Um, you know, I think that, that my ultimate book would, would be titled something like Successful Despite Myself, right? So it's despite my failures and despite my wrong decisions, right? If we, if we look back and just are sort of feel bad or sad about it, whatever, like we don't learn anything. We look back and say, wow, there was a real opportunity to really learn there. Then we, we sort of push ourselves forward. Um, there's a small book that no one really knows about, and it's by one of my my um, my former mentors. His name was Bob Bolin, real estate coach. He wrote a book called Clarity, C-L-A-R-I-T-Y. Super short, small book, easy read. It's one of those books you just kind of, just every once in a while, just kind of check back. And it's simple stuff, right, That for all of us, like, you know, time blocking and prioritization of tasks and triage and time management um, and, you, you know, team, surrounding yourselves with positive people, all this kind of stuff, recruiting tips, everything. So I, I think it's a great title because it's, it's just simple stuff. Honestly, stuff that you get from lots of other sources, but all in one little small book. So I really like that. I really, really like that, that book. It's kind of one that I always keep by my bed and, you know, just check on every once in a while. Um, but like I said, I really like, really like the biographies. Um, I think for me, I tend to be a bit of a maverick, a bit of a renegade. I, um, I read everything in detail myself. I don't think most people do. So for example, Zillow's most recent, you know, quarterly earnings report. How many people have actually read it? Like maybe some people read some articles about it. How many people actually read it? How many people actually poured through the financials like I did? Well, you know, on their home services, new home services division, like they've said, like, we're going to become a $20 billion company. 
So Wall Street's going crazy because they're going to become a $20 billion company. Like, wow, I'm going to invest. And this quarter, like, look, $128 million division out of nowhere. Everyone's like, wow. Last I checked, it was home sales. <laughs> like, those were home sales. Robert Slack's going to do a billion dollars a year. You and I could name a bunch of friends that we know who are going to do a billion, billion and a half in home sales, right? But what's the real margin on that business? What happens when there is a correction and homes sit on the market a month longer than they do now, right? So I, I think that, that the other piece of advice is just don't take everything for granted. And that's the thing I'm always training people on. Really read the details. Read the details of the articles. Read the details of the press releases. Read the details of, you know, companies' financials, right? Um, because everyone's just so used to just like headline fever now. And I very often find that the headlines are just, they're just wrong. Um, so, like, you know, I, 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 I always, <laughs> there's an old expression like, you know, follow the money. So I'm yeah. a little bit skeptical. I'm very skeptical on a lot of the sort of pundits. You know, a lot of the pundits, because ultimately they're just trying to make a lot of money, in my opinion. And they're great at headlines and they're great at pithy, cliche things. But I'm literally listening to the words. I'm literally reading the words. And, you know, um, I think you've got to be skeptical about what you're seeing about your reading and really turn your brain on. So I veered a little bit on the answer to your question. I'm just trying to get people to think more on their own, actually, other than just like, I'm just looking for this one pundit who's going to give me the answers. Yeah. No, man, I think that's great. Um, I, I had a conversation recently where if you can't be open to an opposite viewpoint of your own, so you could start to just think, to, like, I like that. I personally enjoy opposite viewpoints because I want to try to get in the, like, what is it that you're looking at? What, what brings you that viewpoint? Um, so I can maybe change mine a little bit, or maybe I can just adjust my, you know, just adjust my viewpoint a little bit by 90 degrees. Maybe, maybe that'll help me, uh, whether that's because I'm reading deeper, reading the whole story, not just the headline. I, I agree. Headlines can, they're definitely mostly sensationalized uh, for the click. And, and I get, and as someone who loves copywriting, I get it. I, I mean, I practice that myself, but, um, when I'm learning, I know that I've got to go deeper than that. And so I, I think that was a great tip, Howard. And I, I like what you just said, which is, which is, you know, have some people around you that you can in a very civil and polite and respectful way, argue with. Yeah. And it's hard for us to become good listeners, right? We're in an industry of talkers, <laughs> but it's way more challenging to listen. And I'm lucky. I'm really fortunate that, you know, G who's my, my co-founder is like the smartest person I've ever met. Right. So we can be very opinionated and in a very constructive way, you know, brainstorm and argue, but we're always processing what the other person is saying. Sometimes I will dig in because I fervently believe that, that, I'm really seeing it clearly and I will try to argue it, but that's not after I've really patiently really tried to process and listen to what he's saying or other people on my executive team are saying. And I, I try to really be dispassionate about it. And when they something say something that I process and it resonates with me, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually wrong here. <laughs> like that is really on it. That's really right. Like that's actually a better victory for me than me trying to prove my point, right? It's a greater victory for me to say, you know what? They're actually right. Like I've really listened and rationalized through it. And that's a great point, you know, or the best of both worlds is together. You're coming to the right, right. By this, 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 right. This sort of this argument, right. You're coming together with the right solution. And I, I always say it takes a village. I, I've never been successful by myself. I've never been successful by myself. If I had to be successful by myself, I wouldn't be. And that's another just sort of maybe final piece of advice. Put our egos aside and understand that we can accomplish so much more as a village, even if it's a small village, even if it's a village of three or a village of six, um, because it's foolish to think that, that any of us mere mortals, maybe other than Elon Musk, right? Um, you know, can, can really be great at all things. And so, so I've always surrounded myself with people, like you and I are, are both friends and respect a mentor, Chris Heller, right? Yep. 
Well, Chris is a very thoughtful, cerebral guy. He's not like a big talker, flashy guy, right? But I want to surround myself with a guy like Chris Heller because I'm, I'm that flashy, says too many words kind of guy, right? I want this really cerebral guy that I can kind of brainstorm with. Um, and so I want to surround myself with people with different skill sets. And that always leads to success. Put your ego aside, surround yourself with people who are infinitely smarter than yourself, and you will achieve unparalleled success. I mean, Howard, you nailed it, man. I think we got to end on that note because um, <laughs> I, don't th I don't think it gets much better than that. So thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time of your schedule to chat with us today. And I look forward to maybe doing a round two in the future. Um, and we will send, what, what's the best place? How do people catch up with you or and or Ylopo? Like, yeah, they, can, they can just go to ylopo.com and check us out. You know, we're always modifying the site. Go to ylopo.com. Super easy to sign up for a, for a demo, you know, if they're, if they're interested. Um, we're really honest with people like, this is the right fit. This is not the right fit. Um, you know, we're, we're more than doubling in size. We've, we're not worried about that aspect of, of you know, overly selling people. We're, we're here to help. Um, and that's why I love doing this, you know, doing this type of thing. And that's why I love groups like next level agents, which is an amazing group because, um, I should not be here to sell, right? I should be here to contribute whenever I can, um, teach. Um, and if it leads someone down a great path that has nothing to do with my company, God bless. Like that's an amazing thing. So, um, hats off Kevin to you and what you guys are doing at next level agents. Like really, really cool. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. And, uh, Again, Howard, thanks so much, and I'm sure we'll be in touch again soon. Thanks, guys. See ya. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this. Go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at. Leave us a review. Share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.